0: Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch Penninger and I'm very pleased to be joined by nobody at the moment. Uh, I, I will have a guest on shortly, but it was more of an unstructured conversation, as I think you'll find out, and I've decided to put this bit in the beginning just so you get an idea of what was happening in the racing. Okay, so we'll jump into the women first at the Battle Recharge, which was... On after being delayed from its earlier start time in the year, and yeah, they put on a good event. They put on some good weather, which has been you know in short supply up there. Um, it was a very early summer. It felt like it was about between 30 to 40 degrees almost all weekend, and it was some yeah pretty tough weather out there for the riders. So chapeau to all those who you know even finished the event. It wasn't wasn't pleasant wasn't pleasant for anyone out there. Okay, we'll jump into the women first. The overall tour, it was, I have to say, it was unfortunately a bit boring. Uh, the High Five um, Dream Team really dominated the event with 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 their strong riders, it must be said. I mean, Rebecca Wizak, Jessica Pratt, Lucy Kennedy, Emily Roper and Christina Clonan did a fantastic job and even and from the start of the race, from the team trial, trial, they really took it out of the hands of the other teams. They beat them by... Uh, a minute 24 to specialized women and a minute 37 to um en swiss so even by that stage it was pretty much out of the reach of the other teams there they um that time trial course looked like a pretty tough one and they made the made the most of it there um by taking out a significant time advantage on the on their rivals there uh coming into the criterium yeah that and that was probably the first indicator that it was going to be a very um negative race from there on um because Nobody really did anything except at the sprint points, and I think I think the goal for the TIS and the N Swiss team, who are the next strongest teams present, um, was really just to um, go for those sprint jerseys. Yeah, so we didn't see much action there in that in the criteria until the final few laps, where Ashley Ankudinov put in a solid attack, followed by Emily Roper, who just sat on her wheel as um, as High Five would. Would continue to do for the entire tour, uh, and um, it, yeah, went like went around like that for a few few laps. Um, High five didn't want to chase back in the peloton, so that um, that break of two was allowed to go away. And Ashley Kudinoff won it in a sprint with Emily Roper trying to come around the outside, probably a tiny bit too late. It looked like she only really opened up into the final hundred meters or so with um with that finish being quite a fast one coming down the descent there so um onto stage three and it was you know hot conditions despite the women starting off at 8 a.m there and yeah a lot of people coming back for water bottles and going back going back up to the car some people getting ice even it was that sort of conditions um again n- almost no action <laughs> in the in the race. Um, what would happen was Lucy Kennedy was just sitting on the front of the race. It looked like she was doing a training ride for the first half of it. She was sitting on the front, and when it would go up a hill, you know, people would start to drop off the back because you know she's so good up the hills. And then when it was on the flat, people would rejoin and come back together. So yeah, it continued in that vein for most of the for most of the first lap, which was a 40 kilometer loop around uh, Talgum up there near w- Willambar. Until Lucy Kennedy actually punctured when she was leading the way up the climb and the race was splitting behind. Um, which was unfortunate for her because, you know, the cars couldn't get past to service her and she, um, yeah. It looked like she would have been out of the race because she was about, she'd been anywhere between one and a half and two minutes behind the front of the field at, at that point. And with the slow service, it might have been, been even further. Um... But no, she. what happened over the top of the climb was everyone sat up again and she was allowed to make it back on. Um, though she said afterwards it, it wasn't easy. She had to do a fairly intense individual time trial effort to get back on. Slowed right down again and went went through the final climb. It allowed Lucy, I think, to recover a bit of strength, and she took the win going over that final climb and then just descending into the finish. Uh, Macy Stewart was second, and Rebecca Wysak finished third there ahead of Matilda Reynolds. Moving on to the fourth stage, I wasn't, I was unfortunately not there for the fourth stage, but from the sound of things, it was very much a repeat of the previous few stages. Not much action, and any action and any attacks that they were put in were immediately shut down by high five. And in the end, it came into that that finish there, and it was, yeah, Lucy Kennedy winning again from Christina uh, Christina Clonan and Rebecca Wysak. So to take out a one, two, three on the stage. Which was also a 1 2 3 on GC with Lucy Kennedy winning from Rebecca Wysak and Emily Roper. Macy Stewart took out the intermediate, uh, took out the sprint classification and also the young rider classification as well, um, continuing her good form. And we'll probably see her over in Europe next year, so that will be an interesting rider to follow. Um, apart from that, though, not too much to comment on, upon from this race. It will be good to see Holden back, um, hopefully hopefully over the next few races, because um, the competition was sorely lacking the Holden riders. Um, Aaron Keneally and Jamie Gunning were there, and they were, you know, two of the few aggressive riders, actually, on the tour. They, they tried a few attacks, and they both rode quite well, I thought, but everything they did got shut down, and there wasn't much um, support from the other teams in what they were trying to do, so... Um, Yeah, kudos to those guys for at least trying, but it wasn't to be. Okay, on to the men's now. And the men's, thankfully, was a lot more aggressive sort of showing. Um, It started off with a team time trial, of course. I saw a Sports Swiss Wellness started off with a predictable victory there. Um, They won by over a minute and 15 seconds to Mobius Future Racing, who came in second there, and N-Swiss a uh, cycling team who were a further second back. Oliver's Real Food Racing were also up there. They were a minute 28 off um, ice away. And after that, um, Copra were next. But beyond that, it was a fairly... The, the teams were fairly way long way off the lead. Um, yeah, there was a bit of a timing mix-up there, Um from the commissaires um, and from the the software, as I was as I was told afterwards. So it took a very long time to actually get those results, and they had to be put manually into the system, which, yeah, um, didn't exactly increase anyone's um, confidence in the results. But eventually, they got it done and got a you know a decent semblance of what the time was um, out on course. Um, then moved into the Criterion then, and it was a win for Cameron Bailey after an aggressive. Criterium. It was very similar in a lot of ways to the Amy's Criterium. The N-Swiss guys jumped onto the front and really set a hard pace at the start, but it didn't break up quite like the Amy's Criterium had. Um, I think due to the course, it didn't quite have that wall in it like Amy's did, but it was sort of fast and undulating, so um, the peloton could really roll along very fast. And it was hard for anyone to get away. Uh, so there were a number of attacks which tried to get people away. Probably the um, the most long-lived of those was one by Ryan Thomas of Oliver's Real Food Racing and James Whelan, who was guest riding for Van Damme. And they both they both got away and looked like they, you know, they built up maybe like a 10 to 15 second gap at one point. They did have some riders bridge across to them, but at that stage the, the peloton had really woken up and was trying to bring them back. Uh, eventually Cameron Bailey jumped away with maybe five or six laps to go. Um, apparently, most of the peloton didn't see him jump away because they didn't know that he was out there. And um, coming into the final two laps, I think um, they began to sit up and kind of look at the, each other for the sprint, thinking that there was nobody up the road. But Bailey was up the road and he extended his advantage and took out the win in the end. Sasha Bondarenko-Edwards did a did a great ride. He jumped away from the peloton in the on the final kind of climb into the finish there. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't. He, he was one of the ones who didn't know that Bailey was away, and he celebrated going over the line. But, um, yeah, well, kudos to him, though. He's been riding very well recently, and um, I'm, I'm for him there that um, he celebrated in a slightly embar- embarrassing fashion. But, yeah, a good rider, and he's been doing very well recently. Um, informed Tonelli, I don't think they were, they were there in a large team presence, but he did a good job uh, riding as part of the composite team. Uh, Tristan Ward was third. Um, On to stage three, and stage three, I could spend a very long time talking about, and we will with um, the winner of that stage, Brendan David's in a or Brendan Davids. We're gonna we're gonna have to find that out. In a few, suffice to say, it was an epic stage, probably one that, that we won't see the like of again for a very long time in the National Road Series. Um, just for a just for a taste of what happened, Brendan uh, Brendan Davids took the win by six minutes and thirty seconds. Yep, I'll repeat that again. Six minutes and thirty seconds from Kane Richards, who's a yeah, a, a solidly built rider up there um, in Queensland. Uh, he was riding for uh, Team McDonald's Down Under, and Jason Lee, who was up there for Ice Away Swiss Wellness, um, who came in third there. But we'll give you, we'll get into that, the details of exactly how that happened in a little moment. Um, that, of course, put Oliver's Real Food up in a very strong position uh, for taking out the overall. Um, he was lead- uh, Davids was leading by over five minutes at that point, and essentially all they had to do was defend the, the lead and make sure that nobody dangerous went in the breakaway and took ridiculous amounts of time. And that's what they did. They managed to uh, control who went in the breakaway at the start of the race, and when the breakaway did form, there was nobody super dangerous in there. That allowed them to just ride to the finish. Um, Brian Thomas did drop back from that breakaway from Oliver's to help out um, with the with the chase and secure his team leaders. A GC victory, so good on him. I and mean, he threw away, you know, a potential chance at a stage win there. But in the end, it was Tim Rowe who took out the stage win. Iceway Swiss Wellness rider, um, who who had actually blown up dramatically on the previous day. So great to see him bouncing back and taking the win there. Ryan Kavanaugh was second. It was a bit of a tough race for Ryan. He crashed in the criterium, and then, and then, unfortunately, I was speaking to him afterwards, and a and for some reason, a baby bird just appeared out of nowhere, flew at a few of our faces, and then landed on Ryan's bike and took a Took one of its uh, natural a natural break upon his um, upon his rear wheel, so it wasn't wasn't the best race for Ryan, But uh, he bounced back and took a second there, uh, continuing his good form from Amy's Otway um, Tour, and Dylan Newbury from Mobius was third there. Um, yeah, it was it was one of those situations where the breakaway was just allowed to allowed to go, but kept in check, and it was always going to be fought out from uh, fought out. As a uh, win from from those breakaway riders there, um, and that about wraps it up. Congrats to Oliver's Real Food Racing. They took out the their first um, stage win and their first um, general classification win. So congrats to those guys. I think Ice Away Swiss Wellness um, will be looking back on that and wondering what if they. I don't think they got the tactics particularly right there. Um, they, in the end, it it was just far too much of a gap to give a good rider like. Um, Like Brendan Davids, even though we didn't know him coming into this tour, he certainly made his impression on the NRS. Okay, um, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with Brendan Davids. I'm joined today by the revelation of the recent Battle Recharge NRS event. Uh, Brendan Davids, who, well, let's be frank, he he humiliated the field there, um, putting over six and a half minutes into the into the field on that stage three, Brent, Brendan, welcome.
1: Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Good to be on the show, and yeah, it's been a yeah, it's been a bit of a topsy-turvy week. Uh, flying in just before the battle, um, I landed two days before, and um, yeah, I think uh, it's a bit of a surprise for myself, and I think for the guys at Oliver's too. Uh, obviously, yeah, I was a little bit worried about jet lag and those sorts of things, and. Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I think things are still sort of trying to settle in and sink in on my side. But uh, yeah, really happy to help the guys get their first NRS win.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. T- tell us a bit about yourself. I mean, how did you come to decide that you wanted to race in Australia? I heard you sent your resume and some power data around a number of teams. Um.
1: Yeah. I, I've actually like sort of. I, I've come from a mountain biking background. Um uh raced on the World Cup circuit for an, a number of years, uh, right through Juniors, uh, into 23 um, and then <clears throat> sort of made a decision to move across to the road at the end of last year. Um, uh, managed to win like one of South Africa's biggest uh, one-day road races um, and haven't really looked back since then. Uh, yeah, and I've been i have been trying to plan and piece things together to go race in Europe and it just never really materialized uh, as like things just sort of tend to go that way. Um, and one thing sort of led to another, um, I have a good sort of support structure here in Australia. My girlfriend of almost four years uh, recently immigrated here. So it sort of made sense. I have a support structure to come to here. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, there's no language barrier or anything like that. And just to get some racing in towards the end of the season, obviously um, it's a little bit quiet back home at the moment. And yeah, it's uh, been working with uh, Robbie Hunter for a while now. And he also suggested it might be a good move to try progress in my career. And obviously it's baby steps, but uh, I think ultimately I'd like to reach a world tour and in the future. So yeah, I think, that's pretty much the gist of the reason why I'm here, is uh, looking at relocating here next year, and um, obviously, like you, you want to find a find a ride, uh, start rate, like find a team that's obviously going to afford you the opportunities to race on the the bigger scene, and yeah, the level here is a lot higher than back home. Uh, there's also I know a lot of the teams end up racing in Asia. Some of them have a good European sort of racing programs So, yeah, I mean, you come here, you try to get your foot in the door, and you just hope for the best at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, um, what were what were your impressions first off of Australian Australian racing? I mean, uh, I know you've you know you've obviously made a big splash so far, but what what are the differences between you mm. know, uh, the South African scene and Australia? Obviously, the bunches
1: are actually a lot bigger than back home. Um, I know battle battle didn't really have a massive field but um, the level was definitely high I think um, obviously the crit I took major shots I was really under pressure and the crit just it was my second or third day there so I think it all sort of hit me at once that was sort of um, time wise back home it would have been like racing at 1.32am uh, so the team time trial went really well in the criteria my felt like I was going to sleep on the start line. So um, I really sort of battled through that and I had a lot of things going through my head. And uh, yeah, we then went to the obviously the, the race where everything unfolded and um, that road stage sort of, uh, I don't think it could have gone any better for anyone on our team, to be honest. Uh, yeah, one thing sort of just led to another. I followed wheels and found myself in a big move early on. Uh, through the first hotspot uh, and all the major teams are represented. Um, yeah, and the guys sort of after the first hotspot just sort of, I mean, they kind of just sat on and they stopped
0: running through together and
1: stopped being committed to staying away. And um, as we approach the second hotspot, um, I actually spoke to my teammate Jack Sutton and he uh, we sort of came to the agreement, yeah, let's put him up for the sprint and see what happens. And yeah, he went for the sprint. Then guys, uh, Isoa, Mobius, uh, in Swiss they all sort of went with him. And they all sat up straight after the, the hotspot. And I came with a flyer and went solo. Uh, instantly, regretted, <laughs> instantly regretted it. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I was racing to sort of see if um, someone would maybe come across uh, I rode within myself for the majority of the race just to <clears throat> make the chase hard enough from behind it the guys really had to to hurt to get there, and in the hopes that once they got there, I'd be fresher than they had from from pacing across. And yeah, I'll hope, hopefully, like make a, a late move, but it didn't plan out that way. And um, yeah, I think I just I, that sort of stage, I I just raced on feel more than anything, and um, I think uh, I timed my efforts throughout each lap really well. Um, I rode really conservatively, um, tried to stay as error as I could on that long rolling flat section in the beginning of the lap, and when we went into the rolling parts of the race, uh, I really opened up the taps where it suits my sort of riding style, and yeah, the gap just grew and grew, and before I knew it, I had a really good gap. Obviously, there were guys trying to come across, and um, yeah, I don't know. maybe the racing got a bit negative from behind. I don't know uh but yeah, I mean, yeah, you get a you go into the final day with five minutes. It was we were still a little bit worried um just mainly the guys didn't we we didn't know, we only known each other three four days prior to the final stage, so I had full faith in the guys, but you don't know each other's abilities. they don't know mine, I don't know theirs and uh. Yeah, I must say I was super impressed with the guys. I mean, we had a we had a guy who's recently I don't even know if he, he might still be under nineteen. Um, Campbell he rode himself inside out early on in the stage uh, when the attacks from the started coming coming and um, yeah, it was difficult to control a bigger bunch a, a, a bunch as a whole that is is at a higher level than back home. Um, we back home. You only sort of watch. Maybe 10 riders in the entire race. And yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's more than one or two teams that can win a race. There's actually a couple, and, and each rider within that team can win the race. So um, it ended up being quite a tactical race. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, just super impressed with how the guys ended up riding. And Ryan ended up sacrificing his own chances at a stage when to sort of help me bring back. To the breakaway, which it, it had stretched out to about three and a half minutes with 30k to go, and I uh, got on the front near the end and managed to bring it down to two and a half. And then Ryan and Mobius helped me sort of the last 10k's into the finish, and we we brought it down to just over a minute. So yeah, it was yeah, it was quite a special race, and yeah, it's, it's really cool to see the guys were fully committed to the cause, and yeah, uh, yeah, I must say I'm very thankful for them.
0: Oh, okay, I, I I wasn't there obviously on that last day, and I hadn't quite quite got the impression from Twitter that um, that gap to the breakaway was so dangerous to your JC. Uh, um, I, I mean, I'm guessing it would have needed to be up near seven minutes to really mm. um, th- threaten, your, um, yeah. threaten your lead there.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Like the the gap got. I think the biggest gap got was around three and a half minutes, but. Uh, I just, uh, personally, I just marked, uh, I just, yeah, marked three riders that I needed to watch. Um, so, yeah, I just watched Jason Lee, um, uh, James Fouché, and uh, the guy, the the young guy from McDonald's, I'm not entirely sure of his name. I, I'm still the pretty new to the think scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Ken Richards. I'm, I'm just, I'm still a bit new to the, to the scene here, so. I sort of earmarked them. I know Kane went in the move and we actually sort of had to play a bit of game of poker there because um, he then became, he instantly became a threat to the other guy's GC positions. Um, so in that regard, we actually raced, uh, I feel we raced a pretty smart race and yeah, I think at the end of the day, it paid off for be managed to keep the same sort of gap we still finished with the same time gap to second place that we started the final day with so yeah all in all it was a really good surf for the guys
0: yeah well certainly very good work from you from you as well so um yeah Thank i'll you. i'll go through I'll go through, <laughs> I'll go through the race a bit and uh maybe fill in some of those gaps for you from what was sure. happening behind um yeah, so the first time trial was uh, fairly straightforward. About twenty-one k's of time trial. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find that course there? Um,
1: um, yeah, look, it, I think it was a, a pretty good team time trial course. I think, yeah, it was for us. It was a a bit of either hit and a miss sort of thing. Like we we weren't like I said, no one knew how I rode, and I didn't know how any of the other guys rode, and um, I think. It, Like it's a sort of the course is a sort of um, route where you've really got to time your efforts well, and you you've got to sort of make sure that you're riding within yourself, so that you're not hurting other riders in the team. And other guys have different strengths, so it's always uh, a toss up between how hard to go and where to go hard. And um, yeah, I think the guys as a unit we rode really well. Um, Maybe I think. A bit more time together, we probably could have had a, bit, a, a better result. But, I mean, it was so close between second, third, and fourth. I think we were separated by a handful of seconds. away completely decimated everyone. Um, I know the guys were saying Joe Cooper usually like, sits in the front and just drills it. So, um, oh. we, I don't think we would have been close to them. But I think it would have been even tighter between second and fourth place. uh but yeah, the course is really cool, really rolling uh, sort of the back section of the route really suited myself. And uh, yeah, and then obviously the, the run in, um, the stronger guys had to take some pulls. But yeah, the, the guys, I mean, they, they really did ride themselves into the ground every single day to try help where they could. And um, yeah, I'm hoping they go from strength to strength as we go through the rest of the NRS series. What was
0: yeah what was the talk between the Oliver's guys at the end of that one, and um, um how are you going to go about approaching you know that big gap um to either way think I don't think we
1: i don't think any of us thought we were going to win the tour uh, I'd said uh, in our meeting after the crit like I felt like i'd really like I was really on the back foot after the crit um I'd try to go solo and um Oh, there's a bit of miscommunication and things and it got shut down. Um, but we went back after that and we, we had a meeting and sort of just looked at the next day stage and I saw the route is, is a route that typically suits me. The climbs weren't as long as I'd like them to have been, but I saw they were steep. So, um, the gradients, like from going through the, the sort of profile, uh, uh, I saw the gradients of the climbs, although they were short, um, they, they really suited my sort of style, um, especially coming from a cross country background. Um, if the climbs aren't long enough, they, sometimes I sort of need to like rethink things and, and, and try a different approach. And yeah, when, obviously when I saw that they were steep, I sort of, uh, I kind of knew that, yeah, potentially play out into my hands if if a late move or, or or try go like with a lap solo or something like that that was the initial plan i was going to maybe try go solo with a lap and and then if it came back together try again on the last lap in a like a last ditch effort for a for a stage win if anything and um we we were going to play two cards either myself or ryan thomas and uh similar similar kind of moves um and i would targeted maybe the KOM jersey just because we didn't think trying to bring back a minute on ice away was possible. Um, I mean, anything can happen, but you, you try to be realistic in, in your approach to the race. So we we went in so relaxed into the second day. And like I said, one thing led to another and I found myself solo off the front. And yeah, I still like sit and think about it. I'm like, oh man, that was... I mean, that could have gone two ways it could have gone really bad or really good so yeah unfortunately it was the latter of the two
0: Mm, yeah well worth mentioning it was an incredibly hot day as well how much that played into other people other riders thinking during the stage because i think i think a lot of them didn't want to commit to riding too hard too early um Mm. you were out to about you know Four four minute gap on the on the main chasing group, and then a further two minutes back to the peloton. So you you'd really push that gap out quite quickly. And I think yeah. um, there was a lot of they really knew who you were. They didn't know your abilities, so they're like, oh well, he's just some guy going out the front early, and he'll be brought back. He'll roast in the heat and get brought back. And they didn't want to, you know, put them make themselves vulnerable by chasing you down too early. I think.
1: Yeah, I think I was also, I mean, I know I do react really well to the heat. Um, it. Ha- I mean, it hasn't been particularly hot back home, uh, sort of around, we've had one or two days, it hit around 27. But, I mean, we've also just come out of, of winter. So, when I went, I knew, it was, uh, when I went with the fly, it wasn't a full-blown attack either. It was, like, I set up and then I sort of just accelerated into, like an arrow position to a TT position. And I, I came past. Um, so I never, that in the entire period, I was away. I never, I never ever went into the red. Um, I, I stayed out of it and rode the highest tempo sort of wattage I knew I could maintain. And, uh, yeah, fortunately back home, I've been in one or two race situations where I've gone solo. So I knew what I could maintain and, Um, obviously the heat was a factor Um, we were talking after the race I went through more water I I probably only had three or four bottles drinking wise Um, the rest of the water went onto my legs the entire race I I was constantly wetting myself with ice cold water Um, every I was going through a bottle every couple minutes so just to just to keep my legs cool and, and try to keep my core temperature down and um yeah, I only went into the red sort of the last uh forty five minutes of the race, I went absolutely full gas when I realised, yeah, man, you can you can go into yellow with this ride and uh then I realised like we need as much time as possible before going into the final stage to to make sure that if some if something stayed away, we'd be safe to sort of try keep a controlled, keep our team together and and ride and track on surf when the final attacks came from Jason and the guys in the final day. So, yeah, I think I just rode, I rode, I wouldn't say within myself. I just rode smart. Um, once I was off the front and yeah, fortunately things paid off.
0: Yeah. Um, after the stage, I mean, uh, it was a bit of nastiness on, on Twitter um, uh, surrounding, you know, conjecture about, you know, whether your performance was a, a natural one. Um hmm. do do you want to speak to do you want to speak to that at all? Um because um yeah, look I don't really I mean people can make
1: their own assumptions and people can think what they want. Uh, uh <laughs> like it it doesn't really it doesn't even anger me or, or really make me upset to be honest. Uh like yeah, I mean I I know what I put into my training. Um I've been training incredibly hard. Like I said I'd planned on going to Europe so the entire season we've been sort of training massive hours, massive volume Um, up until probably four weeks, three weeks ago I I was averaging about 25 to 27 hours a week. Um, So I know what I've put in and um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's uh, people can make their own assumptions. I've been on water since I was under 19. So, I mean, all my blood values and everything are up online and, yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's it is what it is, and you're you're always going to have people out there, um, sort of. I think, yeah, questioning and and things like that. So yeah, I mean, like I said, they're entitled to their own opinion, and I know what I've put in.
0: Well, yeah, fair enough. Um, I think I think a lot of it's born out of um, the fact that you're you know a writer that we're not familiar with over here in yeah, Australia yeah. And, you came, and you came out and, uh, and, you know, um, made them look a bit silly in the end of, in the end of, in the scheme of yeah. things.
1: Obviously an unknown. So there's a lot of factors that might've played into the, the, the outcome of me going solo for so long and putting so much time in, um, granted. Yeah. I mean, obviously I had a really good day on the bike too. Um, but like, like you said yourself, um, you're an unknown. Um, there's a couple things like, uh, Oliver's hadn't won an NRS stage before. There's a lot of things that play into the sort of the hands of that sort of situation. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, like I said, it, it doesn't really phase me. I'll just, I'll just keep my head down and keep doing what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. True. Um, I will. I'll, I'll go into bat for you here. I think there was a lot of messing around behind you in the chase. Actually, It wasn't really a proper chase until the two Mobius and two Isoa responders guys went off the uh, went off the group there um, in yeah. life, just for that final lap on the on the last climb there. Yeah. And yeah. and then they started cooperating quite well together, rolling turns. But even then, the guys were going back to the Mobius team car, which I was in, and saying. I'm struggling here. I'm reading the heat. And, um, yeah, even, even halfway through that lap, Tim Rowe blew up dramatically. He'd go on to win the next stage, which was quite remarkable. He blew up dramatically in the heat and, and just went backwards immediately. And to the left, final 10 k's there it was only jason lee and pete livingston and even pulling turns so yeah yeah i mean it, it wasn't the situation where you thought that you were going to get brought back i thought the time gap might have been reduced a bit but um you'd probably, yeah. you know kept something in reserve there for that uh, final 10 15 kilometers or so
1: yeah like i said um that's also the, the same when they went solo um we that's the same sort of time that I got got winded. Yeah, look, Isoe and Mobius have gone off the front. Um, and then I knew it was like now nah, it's crunch time, like I've really got to lay it all on the line. And if I blow up, I blow up. So, like I said, that last 45 minutes of the race, I was going absolutely full gas. So, um <laughs> Yeah, that's maybe how I was able to maintain the gap once they were still rolling together. Like I was, I was fully committed on that final lap, and yeah, absolutely laid everything on the line that final lap.
0: Congratulations! Um, yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, first first stage win for Oliver's. Um, who they've been they've been hunting around for that for that win for a while now, and first um, GC on a tour as well. So yeah. Yeah, so you've come in, made an immediate impact. Um, Are you going to be sticking around for a few more races yet?
1: Um, Yeah, look, uh, I'll obviously do the rest of the NRS series, or what's left of it. Um, Yeah, there's uh, Warnies coming up. Uh, I'd like to sort of see how I have... Yeah, I'd like to have a good crack at that. Um, But Tassie, I think, is uh, a race that will suit me. So, yeah, I've put a big sort of earmarked, put a big target on that one for myself. Um, Yeah, there's talk of me maybe doing Southland and Tassie back-to-back, but uh, we're not sure yet. Um, Yeah, we're just trying to plan things. We were looking at some other races coming up just after that. And uh, yeah, so like I said, uh, we'll do the rest of the NRS series and, and take things from
0: there. Yeah, um, well, hopefully hopefully catch you around at some of the next races. Um, have you done a 280 and eighty-kilometer race before?
1: Um, I haven't. Uh, uh, that'll actually be the longest distance race I've ever done. Uh, mm. Longest distance ride, too. But, um, yeah, uh, I've done sort of same sort of time-wise, done some big rides back home. Uh, I've done, I'd say, a 250k ride, but that was about 6,000 metres of vertical ascent. So, it two radically different sort of rides but i'd say time-wise very similar so um i know i've got it in me i've just i think that's all it's going to be about who gets to the line freshest and uh, i think an of attrition at the end of the day
0: yep well that's that's a fairly good sum up of what the melbourne and Warrnambool is okay um yeah. well, thanks for joining us brendan and yeah catch you around cool.
1: as- yeah thanks so much for having me man I appreciate it but, um